going on, Packers fans? Aaron Negler here, ready to talk some football with my buddy, Justice Mosqueda. Justice, how are you? How was your draft weekend, bud? It was long, but uh, it was good. <laughs> yeah. Especially day three. Day three, uh, I think the Packers might have had the best day three of the draft, but I guess we'll see in a couple of years, oh, right? Oh, well, that's a bold statement. What what, what brings you around to that, uh, that, that opinion? Ooh, so Dubs. I really like him or Dobbs. I still can't say his name. Well, here's the thing. There is some, there's, he said Dobbs on the video, right? But there are like two people who covered him in college swear it's Dubs. So I've I'm seen going the pronunciation with kid knowing guy. his own name, but. Yeah. It's the same know. thing with uh, Kingsley and Igbari. And then they're like, right. no, he goes by JJ. JJ. Like, I've never seen him down by JJ before. No, so, well, okay. I know. They get up at the podium and say he's JJ. He's JJ. It's fine by me. So wait. So yeah, Dobbs, he's, uh, he is an intriguing prospect. I said on Packers Daily the other day, I kind of went into his tape on Saturday night, and that kid can can play, man. Like, yeah, no joke. I mean, I watched him in February once I realized, like, he's probably going to get drafted around this range. He has the size that the Packers typically look for at wide receiver, right? Mm-hmm. Um, very smooth athlete. You know, I, I think he's very athletic. You watch him even running, you know, out routes and stuff, and you can see kind of the fluidity in his game. The one thing I kind of worry about – I mean, how many times has Matt Lafleur talked about you know run blocking and all yeah. that stuff, and how talked about it again receiver on so- on Saturday afternoon, right? And you can watch some of the film, and it is an air raid offense, so he is split outside a whole lot, and it's not like he's playing in the slot, so he's not asked to like crack down on safety, so he's lined up wide. The effort level isn't really there, so I wonder you know how hard it is for him to kind of get that done, crank um, that up, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, he was plus uh, ten thousand. Uh, to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, I put a little five dollars. Even throw something on that. on that. All right, good for yeah, you. Good plus for ten thousand, one out of hundred chance. I mean, <laughs> we're tracking one that. out of a hundred. We're definitely tracking that this year. I love it. Look, one out of a hundred, th- or one out of a hundred chance that the that a wide receiver in a room that's very shallow in terms of you know depth, especially an outside receiver with a back to back MVP quarterback, is target's got to go somewhere, right? Because yeah. you know they're not going to suddenly turn into a power running team. No, Aaron's not going to let that happen. Never going to happen. Not while Aaron's there. I love it. Well, okay, but who else on day three? Because that's the one, obviously, I think most people would probably gravitate to as far as a skill position player, obviously, who could potentially find playing time. But who else in that kind of day three range for the Packers intrigued you? I like five other guys, like Zach Tom, (laughs) the guy out of Wake Forest, um, completely shut down Jermaine Johnson, the first-round pass rusher out of Florida State who went to the Jets. Um, I really like him. He obviously has the potential to play either tackle or center. Very athletic. Kingsley and Igbari is a guy who people projected was going to go like three rounds earlier. Um, one of my big knocks with the whole Christian Watson trade was, you know, there were so many edge rushers on the board. And I think there was a lot of edge rusher depth, you know, on day two of the draft that you don't necessarily see from a year to year basis. I, I was like, you know, we basically traded a wide receiver and an edge rusher to move up for Christian Watson. Well, then all these wide receivers go off of the board. You look at where the Packers were sitting in the draft and you're like, they probably would have taken Alec Pierce who probably was, you know, mm-hmm. just as far away as Watson. And that was my big kind of knock. And then you, you can land an edge rusher like Enik Barre, who's going to set the edge and, you know, can do some of the Zadarius Smith stuff. And you're like, all right, well, I, my, I could stomach, right. I could stomach that trade. <laughs> Made it a little, a little easier, more. A little easier and then, for you. You know, Rashid Walker, seventh round guy that was talked about, you know, potential round three, round four pick. They end up grabbing him at 249. And then Samari Toure, 
is another guy I, I liked. Um, he, he was a, F, a FCS All-American in Montana. I remember watching him in Montana, Portland's finest. Um, ended yeah. up transferring nice. up to Nebraska when they had some transfers going out. Like uh, right. Wendell, Wendell Robinson, the kid from Kentucky, transferred out of Nebraska. J.D. Spielman, uh, Spielman, Rick Spielman's son, actually transferred out of Nebraska, went to TCU, had to medically retire. They had some guys there. Two Ray came in because they needed bodies, did pretty well, play special teams, very athletic. So I think all those guys, you know, have a chance to contribute. I think Walker is probably going to take a retro year. Two Ray is going to play on special right. teams. But I, I like all of those picks. I really I mean, do. You want a uh, wide receiver is going to come in on teams. Nebraska wide receiver is probably your best bet, you know, as far as like being able to fill a body type, throw, you know, guys aside and be able to get down there and coverage things that. You know, I mean, there's some clips of Ture playing now. fullback there with, with how much they did some like offensive stuff and stuff. Yep. Nebraska, Put him in the backfield. So. I'm all in, you know, Matt's down with that kind of thing. So. And, and Dobbs was a high school running back. He was like a wing T quarterback, 28 nice. rushing touchdowns. Didn't play wide receiver really until uh, he got to college. So. I love that. Okay, well, let's get back to real quick your your the misgivings you had about because I remember we did talk about it a little bit on day two of the draft about the jump up for Watson, and I hear what you're saying as far as possible the potential of grabbing Pierce later on, but it's clear. I mean, it's pretty obvious that they feel that he can be a, a, a I mean, a superstar straight up. You know, as far as his athleticism and the potential for growth with Pierce, I think. I mean, it's no knock on him as a prospect or as a you know, future NFL player, but I don't see the same ceiling for Pierce as I do for Watson. I mean, I think that's where the, you know, desire to get up there and grab him probably comes from. We know the reports are, they tried to get to 32. So that would have been three first round picks. And essentially I think they got three first round picks because I think Watson athletically has the potential to be pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And I think kind of the narrative is probably going to change about these first round picks and is it more valuable to pick at 32 or 34 with the way you look at the fifth year options now, now that right. they're based off of like, you know, if you make a pro bowl or whatever, like well, it might and be more valuable to not have. A exactly. I was just going to say, and how quickly these guys now start talking about wanting to get a deal done sooner rather than later. Right. I mean, yeah. look at, I mean, Kyler Murray is obviously a, a pretty dramatic example, but you know, the expectation is if you come in and you play well and you have to think, you know, the hope is they do. Well then, yeah, you're going to be tearing up that deal sooner rather than later anyway. So that fifth year option hopefully is kind of immaterial. Yeah. The, the, the big thing for me at the time when I was talking on the stream with you, right. it was still during round two. I, yeah, yeah, I, th yeah. I, get I it. think I totally get it. Well, no, no, no. So, so my perspective at the time was this is the end of the wide receiver run. I didn't right. realize the wide receiver run was going to extend through day two. Right. Like right. I didn't expect, did anyone expect John Mechie to go that high? No. Off of an ACL injury. He isn't right. a great athlete pretty small dude like he was a guy people were talking about as a potential fourth round pick ends up going that high I, I i think my perspective was really like a taekwon thornton is out there and i think in terms of deep threats he's probably as good as watson in terms of just doing that one specific thing right, right. that one specific thing i thought you could have gotten him at you know 53 or whatever the packers would have sat mm -hmm. back that didn't end up being true i mean the i have a pretty that good run went quick it was funny because we thought it was going to happen at the top of the round but it happened kind of mid to late of part of the round and they all, but it happened like, like, yes, I mean, blew off the board. I have a pretty good source. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts tried to trade back and basically grab Tyquan Thornton, right? Really? They got jumped mm -hmm. by the Patriots and they're sitting there at the pick that the Packers had originally held and mm -hmm. they end up taking Alec Pierce. So like some of these things, like Goot had a better handle on when the wide receiver run was going to happen than me. Like they were going to have to yeah. trade up for a wide receiver 
no matter what, whether it was Watson or someone else. They grabbed Watson, whatever. At, the, at this point, I, I still think the process in terms of how much they gave up for Watson wasn't worth that specific selection, right? Like they basically gave up a third round pick for free and right. val- an early third round pick for free and value um, relative to that trade. But I mean, if you can add the guys that they added on day three, I mean, I, I, I really do truly believe that like, this is one of the best draft classes. Out there. Well, it's, I've been saying on the channel here for the last two days, it's like, I'm notoriously the guy who says you got to wait and see, wait till they get on the grass and compete against NFL talent. But I'm having a real hard time not getting excited about this draft class. I mean, top to bottom. And I tell you, we haven't even touched on the first rounders yet. I'm, I'm <laughs> oh, kinda, yeah, by the way, they drafted you know, uh, two guys I mean, from the seriously, championship I'm defense. I'm fascinated by these two additions as far as the fact that he let the board fall to him. And he got these two guys who could potentially, and that's all it is, is potential, but potentially become, I mean, Walker especially, I don't think people realize like his sideline to sideline ability, the pure speed that he is going to add to this defense and the fact that they don't have to worry about shuttling guys in and out for all these sub packages. I mean, obviously they will, there will be sub there's no, that's not going anywhere, but the, the flexibility he gives them within this personnel group with him and Campbell on the field together is so exciting. I have trouble containing myself. Yeah. And you kind of look at what they did last year. They're kind of interesting, right? Because they played kind of two different, nickel looks they had the penny right. stuff which was like uh think of like a three four defense minus one of the inside linebackers right and they just cover everyone up with just big bodies right three defensive tackles two edge rushers one inside guy they did a lot with that uh with campbell when they were kind of trying to find themselves in terms of their nickel defense when they were right. adding in you know jalen smith and smith, i know you know early in the there was season, that four week stretch where looks. yeah there was like yeah ty summers was in there uh burke's got time it was like mm-hmm. there was a three four week stretch where it was like Let's try everything and see what it was like. Best. We're going against the Bears, they can't compete against us. Let's just experiment <laughs> Let's just a little see bit. See what happens. Let's so, there, so, so there was that, and then you know, they started with, with uh Barnes, they end with Barnes. Um, mm. Barnes probably was one of their weaker links in terms of the starting defense. I don't think that's a controversial take, you know, by any Not extent. So, now if they can go into a nickel look and you got Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark, you know, on the inside, on the edges, you got Preston Rashawn. And, you know, outside, or inside backer, you got, you know, Walker and Campbell. That's a pretty good look. So they, they can get into their, like, true, like, 4-2 stuff. And then they can get into 5-1 looks. They did a little bit of it with uh, Campbell on the Campbell, edge. Yeah. You know, Quake, Quake can do it a little bit, too. So I, I just think that, like, last year they weren't comfortable in getting into that stuff when, you know, if if Campbell's on the edge, that means Barnes is playing sideline to sideline. I don't know if they were comfortable with that. And and the way that they ended up playing those guys and kind of deploying the personnel didn't look like it. Um, but now that they have these guys, like they kind of dictated when they're coming out of the huddle, right? Or not even off, out of the huddle, right. off of the sideline. Yep. You're saying, hey, we're going to be in this 5-1 look. Hey, we're going to be in this 4-2 look. And now if you can get into those looks out of you know, your base nickel personnel, they don't know what you're coming out in. And exactly. Who knows? you're out there Campbell's on the edge uh you you only have you know two defensive tackles maybe Gary's playing nose tackle head up on the on the center and you're pass rushing especially in those third downs absolutely exactly so percent I think that is probably kind of the more underrated aspect of it but I mean you got two guys out of the best college football defense we've ever seen incredibly athletic number one inside linebacker in the class in my opinion number two defensive lineman and what, what's not to like? I mean, this is a classic Packers thing. I know people talk about, you know, they haven't invested at inside linebacker, and that's 
very true. But if you're they're going to invest in a guy, it looks like this, right? We we heard all the rumblings of them looking after a guy like uh, Miles Jack a couple years ago, right? Like right. this is a pretty similar player to. Him. Yes, I couldn't agree more. It's fun. It is funny though how the lead up to this draft, somebody hit reply all on Walker because suddenly, like four or five days before the draft. There were like three or four prominent national people who suddenly mocked him to the Packers. Somebody knew something somewhere. I don't I mean, know. Who. I feel like I knew something weeks before the draft. We had talked about not to plug too much, but right. at APC, we had talked about these this entire draft process. I'm like, Quay Walker is being talked about as, you know, a round three guy. I like him the best out of all these Georgia linebackers. And, you know, two weeks before the draft, everyone ends up agreeing. It's the same thing with uh Paschal, I mean, not to talk too much right. in division, but like that kid out of Kentucky who's a pass rusher reminds me a lot of Zadarius Smith. He was a guy who's not for everyone because you want to move him all across the line of scrimmage. You don't just want to hang him out on the edge. So he's not for everyone. And that's probably why he didn't go in the first round. But he went early second to the Detroit Lions. People talked about him as a fourth round pick until two weeks before draft week. And I'm like, did anyone watch the film? He was kicking <laughs> SEC dudes butts like I want that guy. Um, Getting back to the offensive side of the ball. We were talking, obviously, about the receivers. It's been the narrative all offseason. It probably will be all offseason going into the regular season. How do you see the division of labor here? I mean, obviously, a pickup could still happen. I don't think they probably do much of anything. I think this is the group they're going to roll into the season with. If that is the case, what? Do, how do you see this splitting up? Because, obviously, Watkins is somewhat almost at this point, because of the draft, all the hype around it, it's like people almost forget that the Packers signed him. But I think he could be a pretty significant contributor, especially as they're bringing along these three young guys. I think the problem with Watkins is just the numbers, right? So I, I think it really could get to a spot where for Watkins, especially considering the fact that he's not really going to be playing special teams like that moving exactly, forward. Right. If, if he can't beat out uh, Dobbs for an outside receivers position, you know, in terms of being a starter, right. he might not make the team. I mean, it's kind of like a binary, his, right? Like his contract starting, certainly makes it easy. It. Right. And this contract makes it easy to do that. Right. To They didn't. I mean, they signed him for peanuts. So it's right. not like it's a major hit if they have to cut him. I, I think the way it works out is probably on base downs. You're probably getting something like and obviously these guys need a practice. So we're kind of projecting a little bit. But right. I think, you know, two wide receiver sets are probably going to get Watkins and Lazard out there. I think Cobble probably replaced Lazard on third downs. We saw that a whole ton, you know, yeah. in previous years. And then if they're in trip sets, I think I think, uh, you know, he comes, uh, Dubs comes off the bench. Dobbs comes off. I'm, I keep, I'm just switching. It Who knows? Time. We'll find out <laughs> soon enough. Hopefully. I think Dobbs comes off the bench and probably plays outside to kind of free up those guys on the inside. Um, or, or Watkins, right? I mean, it's, right. it's really a change of one of those two. I think to Ray, uh, getting drafted is probably real bad news for a guy like Malik Taylor. I think it's probably not great to be a Jawan Winfrey. Jawan Winfrey, I mean, Malik Taylor, those guys have got their work I mean, cut out for him. The other thing was... too is they added so many bodies. Amari Rogers is going to have to win his camp spot. I mean, this this is a real uh, deal competition for you know just playing time. Oh, I don't receiver. doubt it. I do not doubt it. I mean, I do think they'll they'll put him out there to compete. But I for sure I have a yeah. tr I have trouble believing he's in trouble, so to speak. You know, they're only going to how many roster spots? Can I know. They have? I hear they got you. they got fourteen you. wide receivers in camp, and Aaron Rodgers isn't going to throw an OTAs. I don't uh, understand how these guys are all going to get touches. I hear you. Well, and they got the kid from Wisconsin. Come on now, you know that guy's oh. going to get a look. He's going to oh, be a hometown yeah. hero by the end of uh, the offseason. There's no I saw you, he plays a bunch of special teams reps, so I'm just expecting it at this point. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they, they have to. Um, looking at, uh, you know, obviously the schedule's coming out. We don't know how it lays out yet, but it's going to be interesting to watch how everything gels on offense. Do you think 
there's a major shift as far as I know everybody talks about how much Rodgers was Devontae centric. That certainly was the case in the playoff game. We all know we saw it the last couple of years, et cetera. But then there's also all of the evidence in the games that Devontae missed about their ability to be multiple and Aaron to spread the ball around. Do you think it's that simple? Do you think they go the route of like everything we saw in like Arizona last year or Dallas a couple of years ago, the games that Devontae was out? Or do you think there's a, a major retooling here because of the new, so many new faces in places? Well, the, the big thing for me is the run game, right? Um, I think you look at the run game and so much of it was just like a lot of zone with, you know, Devontae backside. He can run a bubble right. all by himself. It's not even like he has to have anyone block for him or, you know, just run a little hitch route and off coverage and just get him the ball because it's like, a you know, truck and trailer drill just on the sideline. He's almost right. like a running back like that. I don't think Rodgers has a guy who's going to eat snaps like that on the backside of runs. So right. I wonder if they do more zone stuff or, you know, especially with Tunyon out, right, to start the season. Um, we saw a lot of Deguara, you know, coming out of the backfield or a lot you know, of H-back all, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of that. And, you know, they're running, you could turn on, you know, the bears game when they were running that, that bear front and just stacking, you know, defensive tackles on the inside and they're just running counter and power over and over again. <laughs> I wonder if they get into like, uh, I guess it's like gap runs is the best way to explain it, you know, pulling right. guards and stuff like that, which is not really what you kind of like RPO or package play stuff off of. So that's that's the thing I would look at early, but I don't think we're going to get an indication of that, you know, in the preseason or anything. No, because right. if Rodgers isn't out there and you're not scheming anything against the defense, how are you going to know until, you know, week one and the bullets are live? So I, I think that's probably going to be something we monitor early on in the season. And who knows if that changes when one of your if you're pulling guards, Elton Jenkins and your tight end is Robert Tunyon. Does that change things for you? Right. So, like, that's probably something that's going to evolve through the first two months of the of the season. Final thing for you here on this coming off the draft. We're all very excited about it, but we're talking about Aaron Rodgers potentially most likely not being there for much of the offseason work. Now, obviously, they'll hit the grass running, so to speak, when camp starts. Are you surprised that Jordan Love wasn't dealt over this past weekend? Not really. I mean, look at the quarterbacks, right? We had Malik Willis potentially mocked at you know, second overall a couple <laughs> right. weeks before the draft, and he ends up falling to the third round. It, right. Jimmy Garoppolo can't get moved. Baker Mayfield can't get moved. It seems like quarterbacks really is like a game of uh, musical chairs, right? And once someone's got one, it's just a done deal. Like, they just they just stop looking. And I think teams were just done looking. They had their guys, you know, right or wrong. If you think, you know, Sam Darnold is the guy in Carolina or Washington's the guy in Carson Wentz, that's their right. team. They're going to ride with them this season. So I'm not surprised. Um, I, I did think – uh, you know, Goody uh, talking about it in the presser was funny because you, yeah, they basically asked him, like, you know, did you get calls for Jordan Love? And he said, like, if I did, I wouldn't tell you. Hell, you guys, like, oh, okay, so yes, uh, so <laughs> that's a yes, then okay, very good. So I'm, I'm not surprised, but I mean, he's a controlled contract. I, I know he's pretty high in terms of like the salary relative to where everyone else is, just because everyone else is like actual salary, you know, right. not just pure cash and converting to bonus cap space, all that, but his pure salary is actually pretty relatively high just because they haven't converted it. Cause you end up taking the dead cap if you end up trading him. Um, but he is a, ca a cost controlled guy. I mean, looking at backup quarterbacks, they're making like $6 million a year plus uh, across the league. It's not bad to have him in the pocket. Plus, I mean, we forget like if Mason Crosby makes a couple field goals, Jordan Love takes uh, Patrick Mahomes into overtime last year. It's fine worth developing him, I think. Um, I agree. So. I'm with it you is what that. it is. Uh, yeah. It just, 
He's going to be there for a while. Benker's going to keep playing on the practice. Benker's going to get Benker's going to put the heat oh. on this summer, baby. Just wait. Just wait. <laughs> I love Kurt. I I'm love, worried I, about their arms. I really am. They've 14 wide receivers. They got like three quarterbacks. <laughs> I'll bring someone in. Come on. They, it doesn't hurt. They'll bring someone in for a camp arm if they really need to. You know that. Yeah, I we'll mean, see. They're we'll at, they're at, uh, they're at 90 uh, now, eight, right? They're at 89. So they oh, got okay. one spot. See, so they got a spot. Uh, before, they're fine. For rookie camp this uh, weekend. <laughs> so they'll, they'll, maybe they'll bring in a rookie tryout QB. You know, and have him stick around. You never know. Justice, I can't thank you enough for hanging out and talking some football with me, man. Check out his work at Acme Packing Company. Justice, a pleasure as always. Yes, sir. Anytime.